Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, tonight, D-Generation X proudly brings to you the greatest show on earth. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Joe Black, Chris Mindell, the Sons of Slam podcast. What's up, man? Hey, yo, what's, yo, up? what's going on, yo? Sick of time of five old running up on the block, you know what I'm saying? Yo, so they came around looking for you the other day. Word, word, bust it. Alec like boom boom down. If nothing else, just remember a licky boom boom down. Agreed. If nothing else, just remember bread was a dollar fifty seven, gas was a dollar eleven, milk was two seventy eight. Oh, I feel like that's a little more expensive. Yeah. A postage was twenty nine cents. A car was twelve thousand seven hundred fifty dollars, and the house was one hundred twenty six thousand dollars. The year that the was year of all time. 1993. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Headlined by one Informer. Yes. Also, the options, which is Chris chose Informer, I just want you to know. The other options for that year were I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. One of the biggest songs of all time. Dream, <laughs> and Dream Lover by Mariah, oh, Mariah Carey. Carey. <laughs> welcome to the year that was. Guys, welcome. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah, Chanaka, Chanuka. Happy Kwanzaa. To- <laughs> oh man, what a classic. I haven't heard that one in, in ages. What a classic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the last episode of Sons of Slam for 2022. My name is Chris Mindell along with the Reaper, Mr. Joe Black. How was your Christmas, sir? My Christmas was, uh, it was fun. I mean, it was, it was fun good. considering you, you got a whole uh, retrospective of 93. Yeah, I got a little, a little... A painting, not a painting, a uh, a little tile, a hanging tile of sorts. Okay. Uh, for my dad and my stepmom that says, a year in history, the best year of all time. Crystal Pepsi, crystal, <laughs> clear Pepsi with the same great taste. It was disgusting. Go on. It was. Uh, a company called Space Advertising Inc. attempted to launch a giant billboard into low Earth orbit. It did not get approved. <laughs> okay. Wasn't aware of that. Uh, Beanie Babies were popular. Magic Card Game and Power Rangers. Oh, uh, sure. The truth is out there. X Files. X Files. X Files. Great show. <laughs> One of my favorite shows ever. 
Oh, here's here's one that I actually enjoyed. The U.S. Post Office issued the first stamp honoring Elvis in 1993. Stamp collectors mailed letters with these stamps to bad addresses to have them marked <laughs> return to sender. Uh, get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is this is horribly funny. What a year. <laughs> what, a, what a year. Name oh, is, Michael Jackson performed at the Super Bowl. That's right. The one that the Cal- Cowboys won. <laughs> I think it's the last one they won, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it is the last one they won. Historical. You know when the last one the Niners won? Two years after that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you can't talk. So I, no, I can. I mean, it's two years after that. Okay, whatever. You have, you have two we years. won one sooner. You got it. <laughs> Doesn't matter that it was ninety. It was a ninety-five season. You know, oh, yeah. it's still a win. Truth. Truth. What is a win? I also got this lovely photo photographed with a very faded signature on it i can't see the signature but i see a photo of the british bulldog and it looks like um dynamite kid's ass and i see it across the way there greg the hammer valentine is that am i correct yeah, so i i did a bit of research i found out that this is from a it, it was taken at a house show I, I i can't remember where but it was taken at a house show on february 1st 1986 okay and it is the british bulldogs against Greg the Hammer Valentine and you want to take a wild guess as to who his uh, tag team partner was? I'm going to say Brutus Beefcake. It is Brutus Beefcake and I just remembered that I texted you guys that. No, no, I, that's not because I remember that. Okay. It's <laughs> I, I just knew at the time that it was it was Brutus and Greg with Jimmy Hart as the manager. Um, yes. 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 So I, I opened, uh, that came from my, my stepdad's, shout out Diego. Nice. And, uh, I, it was it was at the bottom of a stack of pictures, like f- already framed pictures. I was like, "This is interesting." Nice. The first one was uh, it was a picture of the 2007 Yankees, so it was okay. a ni- it was a solid picture of a Rod, and then it had like uh, Matsui and, mm. and and Jeter and 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 all the likes. Uh, the other one was uh, a, it was two separate pictures of of two Yankee greats in full stride. Uh, with their uh, in full swing, I should say. Mm-hmm. One was of uh, Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly. Donnie Mats. And the other one was of uh, a true Yankee, someone who embodies the Yankee spirit, uh, Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> the Yankee spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I need to say that because my mom is a great, is a huge Met fan. Yeah. So she's like, no, 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 no. Daryl Strawberry is a Met. You, so is Doc. I'm like, well. I consider that. I, I, I have to agree with your mom. <laughs> I listen. They, I listen, grew they, up. They won championships. You got to remember, I grew up thinking teams. that Doc Gooden was the was the Yankee who threw the no hitter. <laughs> they won you know championship. I mean? They won championships with both teams. Listen, I mean, that's it did. Uh, that's something. But yeah, I always consider them Mets. Yeah, that's very true. But. <laughs> But good, it's very nice, very nice. Yeah, it was a good Christmas. Very cool. What about you? How was your How was it, your Christmas? It was very good. We um hung out with the ex fiance and the kids, which was always fun, and uh, we had nice. a. It was interesting. It, it was we're we're still we used to work together. We're, we're very cool. Um, had a game night, which was awesome. We had a fun time with that. I got myself a a, a Grinch uh, robe and um, some uh, some music gear. 
Um, Grinch rope because you're the ex-fiance. That's a good one. Ah, see, that's what she did. She said, because you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're a Grinch. You're grumpy. I was like, all right, shut up, bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? Like, you know, a couple, couple games. Shout stuff. out Lisa, voice of the intro. <laughs> yeah, voice of the intro, Lisa. <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to her. Thank God she doesn't listen to the show. Um, and then there's, uh, what else? Uh, some, she got me some, like, cooking stuff and some, some spaces and, uh, some experience stuff, um, in the city. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, it's, nice. it was good. It was a very good Christmas. I was very pleased with how it went down. Um, nice. I'm glad you had a good Christmas because I'm about to bring you down. Oh, please. Uh, <laughs> I, I told you before we had uh, started recording that that I have a bit of information of something I did that you're not going to be too happy about. Okay, please. And if I'm if I'm being completely honest, I feel like I have somewhat cheated on you. In a sense. Let me get to my point. Oh, please do. Last uh, yesterday, I was presented the opportunity of uh, going out to a bar with a couple buddies of mine, mm-hmm. and they go, "Oh, hey, by the way, we're also playing trivia." I go, "Oh, that's fun!" <laughs> and then I get there and I go, "Oh, yeah, this is like exactly what Chris does," and I never go. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all that being said, I got in third place because I freaking uh, I doubled all my uh, <laughs> I kept on. Anytime there was a wager bet, I just hit all. <laughs> nice. That's how you win. That's baby. how you win. Just all or nothing. Such is life. Listen, I don't feel cheated on at all because uh, this past Thursday, I went to another trivia that wasn't mine since I wasn't working and a friend of mine invited me. So I went and we came in first place. So, yes, I, it's, it, I don't feel any. So you were GSP, you fucking asshole. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> that was you? Yeah, no, ours, ours was in Yonkers. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I feel no sort of way, but I appreciate you feeling. I should have kept that. I should have kept that guilt train running. Like, yeah, no, you asshole. You should have came to my trivia first. Should have, dude. I'm a fucking. Uh, I'm a Latino Catholic. I would have been guilted into doing a lot of things. <laughs> you asshole. Uh, no, it's, that's all good. Um, yeah, this is the it. This is it, man. This is like the end of end of the year stuff. And with the end of the year stuff comes best and worst of. And we will the get best to and the worst of 2022. 2022. Our 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 tradition lives on so we'll get to all that stuff but um before we get to all that stuff uh i had a couple things uh outside the ring i don't know if you had anything outside the ring before we get into the stuff that was i have just one thing that happened a couple weeks back and it 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 it, english words it impacts how wrestling is going to be viewed in 2023 please uh are you familiar with the backstage personality? I guess you would call it one Michael Mansuri. No, I'm not. So Mike Mansuri, a little backstory. Uh, do you remember the night that uh, uh, Jerry Lawler went down? Yes. The heart attack. Mike Mansuri was the first person there. Okay. So when you see him, when the, when the thing cuts and I believe he's in a gray suit. Mm-hmm. Like he's the first person there. Right. He was with the WWE for a number of years as as a backstage producer, live event type things, and or maybe the maybe the TV show aspect. I forgot what it was. Okay. Uh, he left the WWE, I believe, in 2020, and <laughs> he got hired by uh, a, a YouTube show. That happens in Indianapolis Monday through Friday. 
Okay. And he was working uh-huh. as Pat McAfee's executive producer of the Pat McAfee show. Okay. Oh, okay. So I believe a year into that, he uh he he left he left Pat's show about a year after. And then he moved to Singapore eventually hmm. to facilitate the one championship, I believe. It was an MMA uh, organization based out of uh, Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Thailand, maybe. Uh, but after that, I thought he was working there forever. It recently came out that he was hired by AEW Dynamite, or AEW, I should say. Mm-hmm. To And the one thing that he has been brought in to do is to revamp the look of the television show that is Dynamite. Which is why you see all these new things that goes dynamite's having a new look. Right. That's all Mansuri. So, I I kind of respect that Tony Khan is bringing in that outside aspect to kind of shake things up of how it's being viewed by the millions and millions and millions of view. Well, million and million, <laughs> million yes of viewers. If that that watch AEW Dynamite on television. If that week. yes. If that, yeah. yeah, I mean, cumulative between YouTube and sure. <laughs> all the YouTube television. viewers, yes, yeah, between all the those, four shows, definitely. All those dark, crazy. yes, <laughs> all those dark viewers, yep. AW dark, I mean, just that's not racist. Anyway, go ahead. I think you you could slide with that one. I believe half dark. So if you said half dark viewers, it'd be okay. Yes. <laughs> that's like if I said I am a black viewer. I'm not wrong, technically. You are. It's a, that is correct. You are a black. I'm not wrong. <laughs> you are absolutely a black viewer. Look at you. You and your entire family. Yeah. Well, my dad's family, but I get it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, but no, yeah. Michael Mansuri is going to be, uh, that's going to be a, a, a welcome sight for AEW, I believe. I li- listening in, online with that stuff and seeing where, you know, speculation could be or or hopes and dreams of what the new dynamite could look like because it definitely needs some sort of lift and needs something because it's not the new company anymore it's not the shiny new toy anymore yeah. it is now the the rusty period is, is over. way over <laughs> it's it's been well over i think we meant we mentioned that when um uh grand slam came around it's like yeah that this, this the shine is gone it's it's kind of like i'm not saying that that was a, a bad uh production that that dynamite was great um but it seems like the the yeah the honeymoon at, at that point on it's gone. Like we're 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 into we're into an established company now that needs to make itself more known. Um, even though it is it, it's it was all great and good, and then it kind of took a dive, especially with everything that happened this year. And we'll get into all the the best and worst of, and that uh, and on my, at least on my list is part of that. Uh but yeah, so so speculation like, what will they do with the entrance way? The 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 it has to be different than WWE first of all. Uh, the two entrance thing is great. Will they just make it the one entrance? Will they do something like TNA did, where they initially had both entrances on opposite ends of the arena? Even though that's a hard way to do a production, you can't really do that in a large arena. That's why they, they were able to do it in a small one that was on the Universal Studios lot. Uh, uh, yeah, where they film dark now. Where they film dark now in, in like studio. Um, so yeah, so all these the, these new ideas, hopefully it'll make the product look better, and you know the 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 product itself is great. Uh, 
the wrestlers are great. It's just now fine-tuning the way it looks and how they utilize some of those wrestlers. Because, again, as the list will show, there's some, some of those wrestlers who should be utilized are not being utilized. And so that'll come into play. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, shout out Miro. Shout out Andrade. You're, just, you're taking my list away. Uh, <laughs> shout uh, out Kip Sabian. Anybody else? Well, Kip's, Kip's back. No, I know he is now, but he is now. I mean, uh, before you move on, I just want to point yeah. out one thing. Sure. Uh, so we only brought up that like uh, AEW, the honeymoon phase was over at Grand Slam because we physically saw that the difference between year one Grand, you know, the first year of Grand Slam and uh, like more and more down the road. Right. But the way the way. The way you said it lost its shine, I just want to point out one thing. Mm-hmm. What is your DJ name? It is the Earshot. Okay. So can you promise me one thing? Sure. The last ever DJ set that you do, mm-hmm. when you sign off, can you just say the shine is gone? <laughs> like Elvis has left the building? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because that was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, the shine is gone. I was like, all right. That's good. I, I, I look, might, might be looking at a title there for a show. Uh, yes, I, I absolutely will do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just, just for Thank you. Thank you for doing my job for me. Appreciate you, it. You, nothing's changed. Anyway. <laughs> no, and it won't. <laughs> anyway, um, my only outside the ring uh, is that since we they've, they've uh, pushed the narrative of the return of John Cena for SmackDown, um, which I'm all for. People were doubting as far as his drawability. Uh, like when you talk about like CM Punk and his his uh, his gate drawability and C- and uh, John Cena's drawability. Now, since they announced that match with him and Kevin Owens versus uh, the Bloodline, they're sold out. <laughs> so SmackDown uh, immediately sold out, and so yeah, this is it's it's great to have him back. Um, he whether he can wrestle or not is a totally different story. Whether he has the five moves of Doom. Uh, is a different story. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about how he draws people in, and he draws people in. And so I'm very much looking forward to the New Year's Eve Eve uh, edition of uh, of SmackDown because of John Cena. Um, it's crazy to think about that they fit John Cena in to the la- the very last episode of SmackDown for the year. Yeah, just to keep that streak going in WWE. <laughs> Right, that's right. <laughs> that's it. Just throw him in. He, there. Oh, he's wrestled once every year. Like he'll probably <laughs> wrestle in February and then not again until de- like 24. December of twenty twenty four. Right. <laughs> It'll be a full year and a half until he exactly he wrestles again. But it's just yo by numbers, you know. Every year, every year, every he year. Once in twenty twenty two, once in twenty twenty three. You can do it. It's just good, bro. He's gonna be wrestling twenty forty. He's gonna come around. It's gonna be like John Cena's final, final, final match. Right. <laughs> It's like, I'm uh, not mad at it though. I do love me some John Cena. He's like, I didn't love him when they were pushing him down our throats. Right. It's the same as Roman Reigns. I was gonna, I was you gonna love say. him like <laughs> it is. He got pushed down your throat so much you go. I know that we're supposed to be cheering for this guy. Like that's what they're telling us to do. And normally, as wrestling fans, we abide by that. Right. Because we're marks. But you can't push him so far. You had his cousin come out. His his big ooze at the time. You had his big ooze come out, and even not even that that got him knocked out of fucking philadelphia but you have him go off you have him win a couple cha- i mean the roman reigns john cena thing is drastically different because john cena was winning championships up until what four, five six years ago 
I mean, and by that time, it was already ten years. We were like, all right, what is this John Cena? Like, right. what are we doing with this? Right. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was ten years of him pushing pushing him down our throats, and then eventually we're like, he's gone. All what happened? Yeah, I want Cena back. <laughs> That's always the way, isn't it? Like, it's it's always I mean, we saw we kind of saw that with uh, some of the returns that we had this this year with the, the new regime and uh, you know the the higher backs. It was like, oh, he's back. Oh. They're back. Oh, he's back. Oh, oh, they're back. Okay, sure. Like, you know, well, now, now you're taking my list, dude. I'm sorry. I didn't see. <laughs> it's only fair. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I, 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 oh, by the way, uh, my only other one I just saw right now, I found this, this story very, very interesting outside the ring here. Um, with the title, Jim Cornette's wife allegedly once slept with. The, I got it. Yep. Yeah. The big show. The big show is correct. <laughs> <laughs> wow big show is correct uh it, the story goes on to say jim Cornette and his wife stacy were the subject of the hashtag speaking out movement it was alleged that they groomed young ovw talent and inducted them into a strange quote cult of sexual service and other restrictions the stories are coming out and Cornette's former best friend can attest to practically all of them during a 2020 episode of the bolin alley Kenny Bolin and his son Chris discussed Jim Cornette's situation for well over an hour. They confirmed that the accusations against Cornette are practically all true. They go on to say, quote, yes, I was aware. And people ask me, why didn't I say anything? Well, number one is it wasn't my place to say anything. Number two, anyone who would say something, I would think anyone getting lured into this would be the one to say something. Couldn't confirm that they, and that's the end of the quote. He could, Kenny could not confirm that the rumor that Jim Cornette is into golden showers that story Ooh. is also floating around. They took a turn. Um, is he a fan? Of, is he a fan of Kenny Omega? Just curiosity. Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Because him and him and Ibushi used to go by the Golden Boys or whatever it was. <laughs> How apropos. Uh, but also in this in that same paragraph, it says on that note, Carmella and Corey Graves seemed interested in the idea of water sports. I'll leave that there. Um, let's see here. Uh, anything about trying to get into the whole big show thing? Well, like, okay. That could not. Ken, Kenny Bowler went on to claim that Jim Cornette's wife had quote, already been with the big show before she met Jimmy. Uh, Bowler then commented that he's seen big show naked smoking a cigarette. And that's not a pretty sight. <laughs> All I know is that any girl he's been with, that's not in my territory. And that's the end of that. Um, and he just goes on to, to do more stuff offering to blow Kevin Nash uh, more golden shower stuff. Uh, OVW apparently was just their their grooming ground for a bunch of talent. So look for that story in 2023, huh? No wonder he was constantly red in the face. Nah, I got those mixed up. Put That's on me. Put on, put on, put on. Nope. I got those mixed up. I was thinking Bruce Pritchard. <laughs> yeah, first. you're thinking of uh, uh, Brother yep. Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Jim Cornette was the guy with the freaking tennis racket. What is now, I would, I guess it was a racquetball racket. I would say it, would, it was pickleball. Now, you know pickleball? It was a tennis racket. Uh, no, it was not a tennis racket. That was large enough to be a tennis racket. Tennis racket is very rounded at the top. That was more it was. square. That's racquetball. If you look at some of his his covered tennis uh, tennis rackets, they're pretty round. Go go uh, back and take a look. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, well, well yeah. <laughs> Jim Cornette doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> it does not. Um, other than that story, I'm, uh, again, I'm looking forward to hear more about that <laughs> later or, or early next year um anything else you have Jim Cornette we... matters ma- matters about as much as the third largest axis power this 
like, the you old, don't really need to know. You I don't know need to. They're I, not useful. Anymore. I don't need to know about Jim Cornette. I'd want to know about this story having to do with Jim Cornette. It, it's it's more the story itself and the my the peaked interest in how insane that exactly nobody nowadays really wants to know about mussolini but you want to know what italy was like under mussolini you want to know history don't you (laughs) (laughs) it's it's all about history i don't know i don't know about mussolini right i don't know about him and and what what he practiced i just want to know what how he screwed up the country and yeah i just want to know how people were like sneaking around smoking weed back back in you know mussolini era that's what i want to know (laughs) i want to know what's going on in the streets i don't give a fuck what was going on with him Fair enough. Fair enough. We keep my nose to the ground. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's, <laughs> let's do. Is there anything else you have outside the ring before we move on to the inside the ring stuff and then the the recap no. of the year? Okay. So really quickly, um, I'm going to do uh, uh, Raw here, uh, which it was really just the absolute best of 2022, and um, I mean they just went over. You know, they had interviews with with uh, superstars. They went over matches that had like, you know, Reigns and, and Lesnar's match at last man standing at SummerSlam, which was one of my favorite matches of the year with the, the tilted ring. I, I've never have, or probably never see anything like that again. Um, they showed like the Morgan winning the, the money in the bank and her rise and pretty epic fall from, <laughs> from, uh, the championship. Um, and, and onto on, a table, onto a table. And on a side note, can I just say that, this year's run by Liv Morgan was very equivalent to um, uh, Nikki A.S.H. in in her run in that it was kind of like it was a stopgap between championships for a long run for somebody like Ronda Rousey or uh, 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 Becky Lynch. Um, It it just seemed like it was just like like a pause in, in, in the timeline. And I do give her credit in expanding her repertoire as far as being extreme and the spots that she did that she did to kind of justify her being there but it was very short-lived and uh, i think they could have done more with it i just feel like the the aspect of these kind of wrestlers being the underdog it doesn't work and it doesn't feel like it's real and if you were going to give her the belt you should have made her a little more dominant even though she's a smaller person you find a way and that, the extreme aspect of it was supposed to be that but it just didn't work for me I got a take. Might be a Please. hot take. Might be a might be a steaming cold take. Who knows? Sure, sure. I feel like both Nikki Ash, which I'm really glad we don't have to say anymore. Really, yes, cross. As well as Liv Morgan, both of their championship reigns would have done better in the Thunderdome. Sure, it would have been more well received without people. <laughs> I don't. I didn't want to say it like that, but. But okay, so then it, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. What, let me let me then say this: Would Drew McIntyre's reign as champion be better with in front of people than it was because he was the COVID champion? I do believe so. Okay, strictly because of everything that happened at that Royal Rumble, everything was set up for him to get there. Like he, like he, the whole spot with Brock leading into what happened at, at Mania. It was going to happen that same way, right. whether there were people there or not. Right. And obviously, everybody loved it. The issue that came with the Drew McIntyre bit was that if there had been people, who really knows how long that title reign would have lasted? And if he would have had those multiple, like that, that back and forth with Bobby Lashley in the Thunderdome and all that stuff, like 
I don't know how much of that per se would have been highlighted. Right. Because if you think about it, it was like all the top people, like Roman wasn't there. Like all these top people decided that they didn't, they had the option. They were like, we just don't have to go to work. Right. We don't feel safe going to work, which, okay, you can do that. And if it, if there was anybody other than Roman Reigns taking that time off for COVID would have drastically hurt their career. I don't think anybody but Roman Reigns could have had that time, quote unquote, help their career. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Maybe Drew. It just kind of sucks that that was the, like, the timing of it. I'm sure I'm, you know, I'm not the first person or last person to say that. It just it, it's it's unfortunate that that happened during that time. But then on the flip side, yeah, if you had someone like Nikki Ash or Liv Morgan have a championship during that time, it probably, really quickly while out. while we're on the sanity gimmick, whoops, oh, hello. While we're on the Nikki Ash gimmick, what whoops. do you think about the rumors of sanity's return? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you can have uh, uh, Sarah Logan. And her uh, half black face return, then yeah, why not do the, do the sanity? Okay, let's talk about. It. Have have we even brought that up on this show yet? No, we have not. <laughs> that is like we have not. That is like Tropic Thunder Robert Downey Jr. Almost <laughs> like that is drastically close. I I I can appreciate the whole Viking look, and it, it does look good. It just and and God, her her tits are amazing. But I will say that yeah, it's it's. Uh, Hell fucking yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, the first day she came out. I was like, wow, <laughs> good for you, Sarah your- Wagon. <laughs> good for you, Eric. Brilliant, brilliant, Sarah Wagon. Good for you. <laughs> Pregnancy boobs are working for you. I wish that could be the name. I wish that could name. I really wish that could be the name of the episode, but it's not. Sarah Wagon. It's not. Uh, it's too much of a shot. We need to bury that in the. That's going to be in the ether of the episode. It's going to stay in, but it'll be buried. Good for you. Good for you. That was a good one. Oh man, yeah. I. Uh, uh, yeah, good for you with pregnancy boobs. Um, other than that, yeah. I if if she can return, yeah. Sanity, why not bring them back? Bring them all back and put them all together. I'm down with that. I agree. Even um, Alexander Wolf. Alexander Wolf. Wow. Bring back names. Um, name a lot of people haven't heard in a while. See what else they they recover on on Raw here. Oh, and uh, we'll get into more of this too. But uh, the return of uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin at Mania, um, and then that whole thing with uh, you know with with Zane and and uh, Jackass Crew. We'll get into all that too. Um, but yeah, it was it was kind of just the best of. Uh, as far as Dynamite goes on Wednesday, um, which also surprisingly enough, I I don't know if you watched it too, but I did watch. Uh, uh, for the first time in forever, uh, some rampage, and was pleasantly surprised by what I what I saw in in a good way. Um, so holiday bash for dynamite uh, kicked off with the guy who I in the last month is <laughs> I, I love skyrocketed skyrocketed in a month. I, I love when you will get behind or fans get behind someone who has been around for since the OG. I mean, he's one of the OGs. And the acclaimed Eddie Kingston kind of. Yeah. And, and just kind of like, you know, was has been there and just kind of built up, built up. And then all of a sudden we just kind of choose this person to be the the guy to kind of put the rocket ship on. And I don't know if it was it's a matter of realization. Like we just didn't realize he was that good. But 
I don't remember Starks being on the mic so much and being so good as he's been in the last month or so. And Ricky Stark, so Ricky Starks is it, it, this whole segment that he had with the Jericho Appreciation Society was absolutely tremendous. Um, and I mean, I think that the the Ricky Starks gimmick, not gimmick, the Ricky Starks part of AEW is gonna it's gonna be one of the highlights, I believe, of AEW going forward mm. because of how he like he had people forget he had an injury that to a normal person would put you on the sideline for a year at least like he broke his freaking neck if i'm not mistaken but he managed to still stay on television it's the same with Britt baker of sorts right you still managed to stay on television you still managed to keep that that spark lit of who you are and and your character in the wrestling business mm -hmm. and i think we all knew that ricky had this in him but he was always surrounded by other people he was surrounded by team taz then he was surrounded he, he was with hobbs then he had that weird storyline with hobbs because hobbs it didn't really go anywhere hobbs is a he's a i don't think he's a good live promo hobbs hobbs is good with these the book of hobbs like that's that's good for yeah, him that is good for him that's very good for him. He needs to have that imposing type of type of character. But stage but the character, whole Ricky like, Starks partnership is not right. That's not where it was. Right. Now you have Ricky Starks by himself and you give him the option of, hey, this is it. It's do or die. And he took the ball and he fucking ran with it better than 85% of the rest of the people on that roster. Absolutely. Did. Absolutely. And only and only to be helped by someone who is probably equally, if not better than him on the mic right now. And that's MJF. And oh, he's, let's be honest. Come on. No gimmick infringement here. He is better than you. I mean, you know it. <laughs> you know, it. He, is, he is one of the best on the mic in the business today. And Ricky Starks gave him a huge run for his money because those promos that he had with MJF, uh, you know, going at him with him between the mole and the scarves and his his tired gimmicks, and then this week or last week on Dynamite, going after, going after Jericho with, you know, a couple months ago you looked like an air you were built like an air fryer and now you're cut. I thought that was absolutely genius. Um, the that the J stands for jobber. That uh, you know the oh Jericho's Jericho's face when <laughs> he said jobber. Is, was just like yeah, what? just the eyes. Bald. That's a wrestling. That's a that's an inside term. You're not supposed yeah, to, use, to that use that here. <laughs> <laughs> well off the cuff and 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 didn't know that was in the script. Um, yeah, and then it just just the whole, the whole thing with with him, uh, you know, cut, cutting the promos, uh, being invited to JAS, and then him him turning it down, calling him jassholes. Um, I thought it was. Uh, it, it, there was another great one-liner. Oh, it was Stokely. I'm saying sorry. that he, when, he, when he lost to Action Andretti, that uh, his stock kind of is dropped. Um, oh, we haven't talked about Action Andretti. No, that was two weeks ago. I, but we we didn't have an episode. Last we didn't. Week. We didn't That's have an episode. Point. Yeah, we, right. So so rewind to two weeks ago when Jericho. We have a new X Pac. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> the biggest upset in the last like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We have a new X Pac. <laughs> the new one, two, three kid. Uh, yeah. The it, funny thing about it is, is, I watched it live, and I took the I took my notes during that match, and mm. I put down Jericho versus Jobber. Yeah, because I didn't know the guy's name. They had never made mention of it until like the very end. Right. And then I put obviously the Let's Go Jobber chants were fucking amazing. 
Yes. <laughs> they call him that too. And yep. then I gave him the respect and I put in all caps action Andretti wins. I yep. go, wow, this my, fucking kid. My jaw, my jaw dropped when I saw that, 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 that movie did the, 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 uh, like the moonsault on, on the top rope. And then, yeah. And then that was it. it kind of the stand, the standing shooting star, right? Standing sh- shooting star press for the win. And yeah. <laughs> and my jaw dropped. I was like, oh my God, he won. And the crowd went nuts. Um, good, good for, Khan and AEW to do something like this and good for Jericho knowing to, in his genius to put over someone like this because it this this kind of match you could have had him win on dark which is expected but you put something on this like like that on dynamite makes it so much bigger and you're beating Jericho of all people so it just makes it much, that much better and then to extend it to the following week where he's the one making the save for Starks against the JAS just mm-hmm. makes it, it, this this kid is uh, they're putting a you know, rocket ship on him too, to kind of follow along in the Stark's foot uh, you know foot trail, so to speak. Let me ask you a question about the art of the save in pro wrestling. <laughs> the art of the save, okay, right? Harken it back to Jeff Hardy, right? Oh, sure. It didn't really ma- what was the one thing everybody remembered about Jeff Hardy's save on Matt Hardy when he first debuted in AEW. Go on. He was dancing. All right. Right? But then when he came into the ring, he just started swinging at people. Right. Action Andretti, when he made that save, which could be novice, noviceness in the business, if that's even a word. Noviceness, okay. He, green, I guess you would call it. Right. He came in and he started doing moves on people. And I don't, for storyline purposes, it would have made more sense if he just started clocking people in my head. So, okay, Am so, I incorrect on that? Well, so two things. One, the difference being is that when Hardy debuted, he had to milk it because it's it's his first time there. So you had to have him do the whole dance thing and then run to the ring. I mean, that's just wrestling. This with action. I feel like had to happen because if you just come in and start clocking people, then it, it is all well and good. But then to have him clock people and then do the move again on Jericho just cemented it even further. So I, I'm not mad at that at all. Actually, I, I think it, it was needed to kind of further push the narrative for Andretti. And then you know, when, when people start knowing him, then you can just come and do the saves or you know they can the roles can be reversed and Starks can just come in and toss people out. Um, I just think that in those moments you need to kind of establish who these people are and then you can have this save be even deeper like it was last week. And then as as soon as he's established, you can just do whatever the hell you want. I'm not saying don't do moves. I, I'm not saying you can't do any moves on a save. Mm. I'm just saying when you first get in there for the save, you should just be clocking people. That's what he did. Instead of like people wait. But what was it like a, like a, a short on clothesline and stuff like that? Mm. It was like, but pe- people were waiting for him. Right. Like one by one, they would kind of go and go and go. And it's a t- like, it happens in most saves, obviously. But I just feel like it does happen a lot where people will just come in and start. It's baby faces more specifically. Mm-hmm. Start just clocking people. They'll come in and just start doing like firing off moves. Oh, moves, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it does, it's a little disconnect for me. Uh, I can see that, but I'm a wrestling fan talking about saves. So, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty disconnected from we're, reality. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we're yes, yeah, so wrestling fans, period. So we're pretty disconnected from reality. Um, 
the uh, match five of uh, Death Triangle versus Elite uh, with the no DQ, uh, another banger. Every single one of these matches has been absolutely insane. Um, but the Elite getting the win, uh, you know, hammers included. Um, we had, let's see here. They talk to MJF. Action Andretti gets the fireball in the face, which, thank God, that actually worked because that never works. Um, what was the... Uh, oh, yeah. I thought his hair caught on fire. If I'm not, if I'm being honest, I thought there was a whole Michael Jackson gimmick going. I thought <laughs> a little Pepsi, Pepsi, yeah, uh, exactly, burnt hair gimmick. Um, we moved hey, Crystal Pepsi, <laughs> full circle. <laughs> uh, they had the uh, interview with uh, Brian Danielson with Renee Paquette, which then turned into a, uh, which is still talking about William Regal uh, in AEW, and I'm st- I'm waiting for. His jump over. I don't know if there was a uh, no not compete clause with with that when he got released or when he left the company. William Regal did. Um, it was a no television clause, no TV clause. Okay. Yeah, he's not allowed to appear on television for a certain amount of time. Gotcha. Okay. Well, then I guess I guess they could still use his name as narrative, which still makes sense. It only happened like three weeks ago. Um, so there's that. But then my favorite, I think one of my favorite parts of the night, um. Other than the Ricky Starks promos with you know the the air fryer bit, came with Stokely Hathaway and Ethan Page, and I thank you God. I I was drinking I was drinking soda at the time, and when I got I got to tell you Stokely with this one with this one phrase has made me. It's not his first time. It's not the first time he's done this. But no, and I right, you're right. He like well, he just goes off. He clearly goes off script, and he's just doing his right off the cuff. Um, and it's just a little phrase. It's you want to know what I equated to? Yeah. You know when MJF and Ricky Starks were going back and forth in, in that first promo battle, right. mm. and then MJF just stared him right in the eye and kicked him, kicked him right, right in the nuts. nuts. Yeah. That's the exact same thing. It's like they'll go back and forth, back and forth, and then he'll just say. <laughs> so <laughs> let me give some some uh, backstory here. So Ethan Page came out with Soakley Hathaway, and they're going back and forth, and he was just calling. He was they're basically just saying as far as to uh, Brian Danielson. You know, why don't you go home? Go to your uh, Stokely Hathaway said, "Go, go to uh, Trader Joe's, get your protein shakes, <laughs> your vegetables, and blah blah blah." And then uh, Ethan Page called him a vegetable man. Um, and then it, while while this is all being said, the crowd is going, uh, "Shut the fuck up!" Uh, and then Brian Danielson reminded them of the crowd saying this, and then he re- also reminded them and asked them, "Did you just call me vegetable man? Did you insult me? Insult me by saying calling me vegetable man?" To which Stokely Hathaway immediately. And like as you said, right off the cuff, said called him. <laughs> he said, "You raggedy bitch, <laughs> you raggedy bitch." And the tone, the, I the love tone in his voice. You raggedy, you bitch. raggedy bitch. Like it was just <laughs> his tone was so definite, and I love, I love, especially when I hear like like Cole Snicker or anybody else. I love when I hear Taz or commentators like laugh in the background, and you hear Taz audibly, very loudly, audibly, just crack up in the background. You raggedy bitch. <laughs> and the crowd just he just immediately just went and just started cracking up. It was probably one of the funniest lines I've heard all year. We just, and it was just three words. <laughs> it's three words. Um, you and raggedy then, bitch. And then Ethan Page kind of you know, dropping his mic, pushing uh, Stokely's mic to the uh, down so he can finish his, his scripted part of it. Um, and, and Ethan Page, by the way, getting a little uh, riled by the crowd. But I, I, I just love that Stokely Hathaway. I, once again, as you mentioned, he, he does this from time to time, would just go off the cuff and just say things like that. I thought it was hysterical. I hate that. the Like, obviously, there's some there's something that just is it's just not clicking with Ethan Page. And I don't know why, because 
the work that he's done. Yeah, no, he's great. It's is right. amazing. I think it's his mic. He work. fought himself, bro. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do. <laughs> he did fight himself in the last his last match at uh in TNA. He fought he fought himself. Hysterical. Um, it's so difficult, man. It's very, it is very difficult. That's like breaking space time continuum. Yeah, I do it every day, and I always win. But I mean, <laughs> damn, it's a but it's a struggle. Uh, Hook too dark, too dark for everybody. <laughs> It's getting deep. Uh, I feel like Hook with this like upgrade, this promotion from from Rampage to uh, to Dynamite, fighting probably the biggest, the, the probably the, not biggest, the best name of a wrestler I can think of in the last maybe five years. One of the best names I've ever heard. So your what FTW champion Hook faced off against Exodus Prime. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> Exodus Prime is this yes. guy's name. I mean, he was he was a jobber. He, he he tapped out in like two minutes, but I mean, he was just absolutely. Insane. It was all to set up for Jungle Boy getting destroyed by uh by the firm. But Exodus Prime is a, such an awesome name. Speaking of the firm <laughs> and one W Morrissey, congratulations, congratulations to uh to to Mister Morrissey and and Lexi Nair. Lexi Nair, good for him. Good for him. Getting proposed Yo. right right at Rockefeller Center at the tree. Hit, yeah. His uh his track record, like with ladies, good God, re- it's like a like- Carmella and Lexi Nair. Wow, good for you, good for you, good for you, big boy. At one point, at one point, Enzo and Cass were going out with Carmella and Liv Morgan. That's hilarious <laughs> to think about. <laughs> that is pretty hysterical. <laughs> the drastic, the dra- and one team was way way more over than the other team and it just yeah yeah <laughs> both their careers just freaking beelined away from each other right yeah really <laughs> but i think i think morrissey found found that uh maybe this guy's not the best for my my career and uh kind of even if they're friends to this day like he's he's there's there's no way that anybody it seems like he's like a toxic like uh you know scarlet letter like there's no way i, I can't see anybody unless it's like uh independent promotion taking on enzo ever again He's fighting with he's with MLW. Well, there you go. He actually, I believe, one of his most recent matches was Enzo versus I don't know the guy's name precisely, but it was a little person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you ever heard of the Micro Wrestling Federation? I have, and I every time I see their reels on Instagram, every time I see their reels and they do their 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 roll call, I, I just crack up with their names. It's I, I don't remember what their names are right now, but it's just they're hysterical. Uh, little show, bro. Come on, man. <laughs> is great. there is there like a little Brock? Uh, uh baby Brock, baby Brock. No, ba- baby Jesus. Sorry, uh-huh. Brock Junior. That's who it is. <laughs> Uh, just so funny. One of the guys' names is Micro Jackson. Yes, <laughs> he's got the glove and everything. Please, yeah. please go. Yeah, what's a micro micro league? Micro Wrestling Federation. Micro Wrestling Federation. Go check it out. It's just, and all like just the roll calls are hysterical, and it just goes on and on. There's like twenty of them. <laughs> they just have the most. The, yeah. Each name is better than the next. And um, I believe their the top rope of their ring would go up to like my kneecap. <laughs> Uh, I got. I really want to watch. Or actually, just we should just like, all go to one. I think that we could find a day. We just if they're in the area, just just to go to one. I would, dude. I would be. I would be in there I'm, in a heartbeat. You think I'm and kidding? You know, you think I'm kidding? I'm not. You know, Steve. You know, Steve, Tim, and and Peter are gonna be. Oh, there I too. think we just all. You know, they they're gonna be the first ones. When is it? Absolutely, I think they're all down to go. 
Um, let's see here. Uh, Moxley. All, but we can't take it serious. Like we're just gonna be laughing. The no, whole of course not. We gotta time. be either drunk or high or both, and just can crack it up the entire time. Uh, yeah. And then just just buying merch <laughs> to buy whatever merch I can find. Uh, John Moxley taking on uh, the returning uh, Darius Martin. I mean, he's, he's been returned for a while, but he's returning to to major TV. Uh, this this to set up what happens in the uh, in the battle royale uh, for for Rampage, but uh, Moxie gets this win. Uh, FTR taking on the Guns, the Ass Boys, in what is being set up as FTR in some sort of losing streak. What, what can you make of this losing streak, and why why are they having FTR? Are, are they are they actually retiring? Are they? It's rumored reports of them possibly leaving like what's going on i believe the mark thing to think is that you know i mean they lost the uh they lost the ring of honor tag team champions championships to the briscoes in a grueling double dog collar match which is wild we discussed amazing match yeah and uh one would think that this is all setting up let's take a little trip back FTR used to go as the revival. And when was the revival marketed, not marketed, but but touted as by the way, shout out to Tout, the old streaming service. That was hilarious. Remember Tout? They would do it on on Raw and SmackDown. They would be like, this is a Tout exclusive, and it would be like behind the scenes. It was like WWE uh, digital before. Oh, you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, look back, man. No, it's, yeah, it's sure. was hilarious. I will. But uh, the Revival was touted as the greatest tag team of the year for many years while they were in NXT. Mm. And the people who made F- or the Revival a big name was, are the people who are running the main roster right now. Right. So you could think that they are going back to the WWE. You, I, I'm not saying they are, but unless this losing streak is setting up for like them to win the actual tag titles or just turn heel. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. And they remember they brought out Sean Spears a couple weeks ago. They had a match with him. Yeah. Now I'm reading reports that Sean Spears is just not going to be wrestling on AEW television for a while. They just brought him back for that one off. So they brought him back for the one off, but because you know why I'm, I didn't read it, but I'm assuming that it's because of, of, of Peyton. It, prego yeah prego there you go yeah yep but i just don't i i don't know what's going on with the ft with ftr i will also say because I, I did read um there's i mean it it doesn't matter as far as like what order or rankings or whatever but uh pwi the hunt uh, pwi 100 they ranked the usos number one for the year um with ftr number two whereas i just read i think it was uh it was another wrestling, major wrestling uh, publication. They had FTR number one, and Uso's was number two. So you could flip flip flop those two those two teams, but FTR. It's it's just funny how you. I can remember Revival. They had that segment where they had the the um, like the icy hot in their underwear or their 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 you know jock straps, and they were rubbing their asses. McMahon had them rubbing their asses on the ramp, uh, like yeah. towards the end of their their stay in WWE, and now they're like you know one of the best tag teams in the world. Um, just, oh, dude, the new day we're throwing pancakes out of their jock. I mean, it, it's it is recorded that 
different, but McMahon had I get it. McMahon had no respect for for tag teams, and that just it was blatantly obvious. Excuse me, but uh, yeah. So again, because the tag team used to shit on him all throughout the fucking nineties. That's why. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, so yeah, they they lost. FDR lost to the Guns, and so that's setting up for. Uh, it was another surprise uh, of the night uh, that we had for two weeks in a row. Um, can we also say the the down, <laughs> which was kind of it was, a, it was such a weird segment. the uh, The Keith Lee Swerve Strickland segment was very weird. It was very slow paced. They gave Rick Ross a mic and he said "motherfucker" on the air, um, and that went. He's a big motherfucker. He's a big. You motherfucker. know, now that I see you in person. <laughs> You a big motherfucker. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hello. Nobody on the dump button, huh? Gotcha. Okay. Um, it just, it, it took forever. Uh, Swerve would not come out immediately. Like, it just dragged. Uh, it, it dragged tremendously. And then you had Keith Lee get jumped by two guys. One of them, old school uh, NXT-er. Yes. Um, in, I'm trying to remember his Parker name. Parker Boudreaux. Ah, old uh, Diamond Mine. Yeah. Right. No. No. Okay. Let me take that back. It was something. I thought he was one of the tag team uh, Parker Boudreaux. I thought. No. Was. You know what he was? He was the Harland. He was the heater for for Joe Gacy. Gotcha. Yes. Right. Right. Got it. Got it. All right. And then he he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then he the, got released. He got released in one of, in the layoffs. Right. Got it. Okay. Thank yeah. you very much. So yeah. So they had and to- the other guy whose name is. Uh huh. I have no idea. <laughs> You're going to go for me on this? Graydon Gents? I don't know. They have his name on the uh, website. Was I close? It's Graydon for sure. They have his name on the website. Anyway, they, they said they, his affiliates. <laughs> they swerved his affiliates. It, it, it was a, it was a, I think it was a bad segment. It just, it, it kind of fell apart. Um, I, it just to, it was to, to situate Swerve with a new faction, which Khan is just nothing but factions. And now to have his new faction with these guys that you didn't know. So nobody knew who these, these guys were. There was no pop uh, for them at all. Um, other than the fact that Rick Ross was was there and he was playing this heel role uh, along with, with Swerve. And he dropped the, you know, mother F-bomb <laughs> on, on live TV. Uh, so there's that. Rick Ross was supposed to have a heel turn. Well, this was it. Like he was supposed to be a neutral party, then he was going to turn on Keith and align himself with. It. Like that's what was, he was supposed to happen. But he was playing the, the heel Ross the entire time. <laughs> it didn't. Why work. the fuck did Rick Ross keep talking? It didn't work. Yeah. He talked so, the whole time. Shut his mic off. <laughs> shut his mic off. I know he's Rick Ross, but shut his mic off. <laughs> I need Listen, to hear. I understand in the music business that that dead air is not a good thing, but in wrestling, you need to have a moment or two of dead air. Right. But what, but, okay, okay, and but, that exact that exact confrontation would have been that fucking moment. Okay, but let me. Let me but he couldn't shut the fuck up. I man. agree. With, I completely agree with you. But let me let me play devil's advocate here. If he said nothing, and again, because this this particular segment dragged on and on and on. If he didn't say a word, what would he have done? I'm not saying be silent. But there was nothing else going on. He just kept talking because there was nothing else happening. Keith Lee was waiting for Swerve. Swerve would not come out and lay like, into the baby face. Right before he turns, play into the baby face. Like if if he's getting jumped, you go, 
oh, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Right. And then fucking Rick Ross takes off his goddamn jean jacket or whatever the fuck he was wearing. And you have a mogul uh, advocacy group or whatever the fuck, whatever the fuck <laughs> this thing is called. I don't know what the fuck. Mogul. I remember seeing mogul on there. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. There was mogul. I don't know what they ever, the I don't mogul know what they, whatever advocacy it was. group. <laughs> that should be the name. Uh, yeah. So that, that whole segment fell, fell flat on his face. And then, yeah, uh, fears. uh, uh, in her, in her first, I mean, God, what, what a tremendous match for your first title defense with Jamie Hader taking on Hikaru Shida. Holy Listen, sh- I, 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 I applauded on my couch. I was like, holy shit. What a great match. I will be the first to tell you that I, I would be lying to you if I didn't say that in my heart, I viewed that Jamie Hader championship win as like something that tony khan did because the people were so behind her right i thought it was like a a, i didn't really pay attention to a lot of her matches well i did pay attention but i didn't pay i didn't i paid too much attention some would say okay (laughs) (laughs) i didn't really Um, i i didn't really see a lot of the wrestling per se okay no but uh (laughs) right (laughs) love her uh yeah exactly uh I watch this match front to back and I go, yeah, Oh wow. Yeah, like this is why they made her champion. I don't think it was ever really utilized at first of how good a wrestler she is. Mm. I think it was portrayed. I think this took her to another level. Absolutely. In her in her first title defense, it's you everybody knew it, which is why everybody was behind her to get this belt. And uh, and and she needs I genuinely to... thought everyone behind her because she was so attractive. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I'm sh- I love being behind her. That wasn't a joke. That was a true statement coming out of my mouth. <laughs> she's absolutely gorgeous, but she's an amazing wrestler. And so she is. She who knew? Who knew? No, I'm <laughs> I'm who kidding. knew? I think everybody knew. I think the problem also is that, um, I mean the, the 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 I say the problem, but when you have the belt and you are the champ, at some point you need to step out of the shadow of Britt Baker and become your own person. And this match hopefully solidified that. Because but she did and she she did is and, and isn't at the same time right because the end of that match ended with another whole kerfuffle with you know Soraya and and the return of uh, Tony Storm like in that whole not but that's all because that's all away, leading to the Los Angeles show which is fine that's fine and that that's separating that which I you know I could take that or leave that the match itself though was absolutely tremendous and if you haven't seen it please go back and watch it uh, absolutely tremendous match and again that match will signify her as her own star away from Britt Baker and at some point might be, you know, I, I can only see this turning one or two ways. Someone's going to turn on the other for the belt. Um, and I'm hoping that it's... Oh, it's going to turn. Yeah, it's going to be a face turn for uh, for Hater. But, uh, I think Britt and Rebel should turn. Like, I, I don't think James should be aligned with anybody. Right. So, right. It should be interesting. It, it was a, 2023 it, is going to be very, very interesting for the women's division of AEW. For the women's division of AEW, which got better towards the end of the year, and hopefully going into 2023 will be a lot better. Um, really quickly with Rampage again, I I never watched Rampage because just for one reason or another, it just doesn't appeal to me at all. It's really, it really is just as they said online. It's it's a third hour of dynamite, which technically it is because you sit there on a Wednesday and you watch three hours of wrestling. And the last hour is Rampage, but for the the battle royals that they have on AEW, they're pretty bad. Uh, if we're gonna just be honest, they're they're not the most entertaining. They all start off with everybody in the ring, and it just looks like a clusterfuck. This one, 
they kind of took a page from WWE and they had the the tag teams, the trio tag teams go in. Like they started with a uh, 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 certain amount of teams and then they had other teams join, like Blackpool Combat Club joined them. And then uh, uh, Ari Tavari and the Varsity Athletes and then AR Fox and Top Flight come in afterwards. And it was just kind of like leading in and all these you know, wrestlers coming in one by one made it feel more legit. I liked that aspect of it. And then also giving this to Top Flight to give them sort of some sort of push, well deserved. I like that too. I like the fact that there's not there there isn't these typical wrestlers. They, they didn't need it. There was there wasn't a top name in this. Like Blackpool Combat Club did not need to win this. Just for the aspect of the air quotes, the money, the three hundred thousand dollar aspect of it, which is the the gimmick of it. They didn't need it. You needed to give it to the team like Top Flight who won it. Like I'll Kip tell you Saban. what Blackpool Combat Club needed to do. What's that? They needed to be the last one eliminated. Which, guess what? <laughs> that's what they needed to do. That's guess exactly what? what they did. They, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> and it, having a, a two-on-one with Claudio Castagnoli and Top Flight, it, it, it and and him being dominant over the two smaller guys, only for them to finally figure out a way to eliminate him over the top rope, it, it all worked. It, it, probably their best, not probably, their best battle royal that they've had in AEW so far. I think their best showing they've had in AEW so far. Top Flight? Oh, who, who are you referring to? Yeah, Top Flight. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I mean, obviously. It's, it, I mean, they've had great matches, like like traditional tag team matches, obviously. They've had good, yeah. But I think this is what put them like on a pedestal, per se. Uh, I, I think it was it, it was a very good, especially the last like five minutes with, with just the three of them in the, in the match. I thought it was really good. Um. Also, shout out AR Fox. I had no idea who that guy was, but he's a pretty good wrestler. I've seen him once or twice. Uh, maybe he, he Old jobbed. as fuck too, I'm pretty sure. He, jo- he jobbed. Is really? <laughs> he, uh, he I jobbed. don't know. He, it's either that or it. You remember Bad Boys? How old are you? 15. Motherfucker, you look 30. <laughs> <laughs> if he is 15, uh, motherfucker, he looks 50. Like, I don't know. You should probably look that up and see how, how old AR Fox is. Um, Finally, finally get return of, I, I said to myself, when the hell are we going to see Eddie back? I'm sure enough, we got Eddie and Ortiz back. And then along with the House of Black uh, coming back, um, and they're, you know, they've, they've returned for a while now, but th- this feud. Um, and I like that Eddie just is like, they're, again, they're always angry. And Eddie's like, uh, do your do your blackout stuff, turn the lights off, come out, let's do this. And they didn't do that. They came on the video screen and gave the the confusing yet interesting query of, We'll, we'll do this all in due time. However, Eddie, I was thinking, if the enemy of my enemy is my friend, then if the friend of my enemy is influenced by me, would he then be his enemy too? Interesting, right? He gave that question to, to Eddie, and then all of a sudden, Eddie and Ortiz are now looking at each other like, you, me, me, you? What what, what was that? What's what's going on? Like the Spider-Man meme. Yeah. Everybody was pointing at each other. So, kind of threw a little... Uh, little uh, fuel on the fire there so we'll see where, the, where this that could lend goes. A, a notion to the gimmick of the black mist right because if you see a lot of not a lot of them but people who have taken the black mist from uh malachi black have had an alteration to their career in pro wrestling right Right. Think of Julia Julia Hart. I almost called her Julia Black. I don't know why. Because you wanted to uh, be your son's way. 
What? You want it to be yours? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Julia Hart, um, Pack, Pack. After that, turned heel-ish, kind of. Right. Even with the stuff with the, uh, uh, with the Death Triangle now, when they're half heels, mm. two and a half heels, I guess you would call them. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that folklore of like it changes you, and Ortiz was the one that got sprayed with it. Right. So if Ortiz, if what Malachi is saying is true then it would be Ortiz to be the one to turn on Eddie or people are forgetting that Eddie's probably paranoid and he'll just turn on Ortiz before Ortiz has a chance to turn on him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> That's that New York paranoia, bro. <laughs> watch it. Watch your back. Watch yeah. Your back. Uh, yeah. So there, there was that. And then um, fast forward to the end of uh, rampage, which I <laughs> like, we, we are living in, in past times. I, I saw a match with, Anthony Bowens and Daddy Ass taking on Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. And when Jay Lethal, I'm sorry, when Daddy Ass and Jeff Jarrett were in the ring, I'm like, we're, what is it? It's like, in, we're like 1997 all of a sudden. Like, uh, I'm sitting in the attitude area, like watching this for the IC, IC belt. This is just very weird. And they're both in their 50s and they're wrestling and Daddy Ass looks amazing. Not that Jeff and Jarrett did it, but in the same gimmick gear, <laughs> like Jeff Jarrett still got on those fucking boxer shorts. Yep. yep and, and so does daddy ass <laughs> and daddy ass still got them fucking briefs on. Yep. The only difference is that it says daddy ass instead of having a giant kissed lips on right. his freaking ass. <laughs> instead, of, Jeez. instead of badass, he's a daddy ass. So is that, <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what he was. Badass Billy Gunn. So true. Oh man! I didn't think about it, but it's so true. The more things change, huh? The more, th- the more they stay the same. Yeah. Um, exactly. So that was AEW, and so anything else we want to talk about AEW before we move on to our lists here? No. All right. Let's Let- get to what the people came for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, you- By the way, yes. Actually, there was one more thing. Please. Ar Fox, thirty-five years old. Oh, you, that bad boy looked fifty. Yeah, motherfucker, you look fifty. <laughs> <laughs> that boy look old. All right. Um, you want to go first? You want me to go? How do you want to start this? You want to go best first, worst first? I like doing, uh, I'm going to do, are we doing three or five? I'm going to do, I see, I, I always do honorary mention and then I do my three. So okay. technically I have like five, but I want to do my, I'm going to do my honorary mention and then I do my three. Okay. I'll let you, I'll let you decide have, to do best or worst first. I will do my worst first. All right. Since we are somewhat on the topic. Sure. Uh, my honorary mention for worst things of the year are uh, missing full gear. That's just personally for me. <laughs> yes, okay. I totally forgot. Let me type that on my list here. Missing. That one's just for me. Full fucking gear. <laughs> no, that's for me too. Missing full gear. Sons of bitches. Yeah. I mean, you can't really be upset about it. I can, I can, but I can. I mean, it's for for reasons. Obviously, I I, I had no control over, and you know, the reasons were out. The 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 circumstances were out of your control. Correct, correct. Right, I had control over them, but again, the New York guilt comes into it, and I was guilted into going. Right, but regardless, we're neither here nor there. Yeah, awful. Uh, Another honorary mention for worst of the year for me was the Vince McMahon scandals. I thought, I thought that honorary. I okay. thought that put, I thought that put a black. <laughs> I will tell you why because there's there's one other Vince McMahon thing in here that I thought was way worse. Okay. And that being 
top three. I, I'll do this one in order, actually. Top three worst things of the year. Number three mm-hmm. was Vince McMahon's sell of Stone Cold Stunner at WrestleMania. <laughs> that was absolutely atrocious. And you can't tell me otherwise that that wasn't one of the top three things that was bad about this year. Okay. The second thing I have for worst of the year is now this might be this is probably recency biased, mm-hmm. but uh, I think a low point of the year was the Mandy Rose firing. Okay. I don't think she really need to needed to be released. She could have just lost the title, kept her off television. Right, right. Told her to clean it up a little bit and all that stuff, but what have you. Right. I don't think she – I think it was a harsh decision right. personally. Mm-hmm. And to me, the worst thing that happened in the year 2022 of pro wrestling was the CM Punk and Elite brawl at All Out and more more specifically how it impacted storylines going forward mm. and also the fact that it was the bi- that day should have been held for MJF and his return right and it was not and that's where it all fucked up right so all right so that's my worst fair enough um i will go with my worst also and then we'll go to our our best so my honorary mentions i have a ton of honorary mentions so um I don't mention for worst uh, moments. I have Sasha Banks and Naomi, and the way that they were treated on mm, live—that's not my best, actually. No, I'm, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. That was uh, the way that they treated and and dealt with the situation live on Raw with Michael Cole and and, and Corey Graves them, them being publicly bashed. Uh, and saying that they they left, they they took their ball and ran, blah blah blah, and it w- it was not treated in the best way, and that was just being a McMahon being spiteful at the whole situation. And Pat McAfee, I w- also know, um, exclaims that that's not the word. He emphasizes. There we go. He emphasizes the sentiments brought about by the uh, internet wrestling community. Okay. About because if you see his facial expressions when when Cole was doing that, he was like, "Oh, we're doing this right, right. okay." That yeah, was, it was a little odd. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the way they went about it was was odd. I'm sure that was not Cole's call, but it, the way he went in, though, you could tell that Cole had some sort of passion behind it. <laughs> um, so similar to the Mandy Rose, they could have gone it in a different fashion. They could have gone a different way with that. Um, the 2022 Royal Rumble was horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, it was not only was it boring. There was no like really like main names that that came out of it, and uh, and the problem was was that because Triple H was going through his own health issues at the time. He, you know, if anyone remembers, he had uh, a heart failure. Basically, Shane McMahon was technically the booker of that whole thing. Oh my God! Yeah, remember this? It's right. So because of that, and he also put himself into the Royal Rumble. And so he's beating up on 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 <laughs> he's beating up on Riddle, he's beating up on everybody. Uh and then and then fast forward to backstage when there was apparently reports of uh of you know rumblings and, and nonsense going on with him backstage that he was immediately fired after that. So that whole thing that went down, and then there was uh, the, the, and then there was if you remember also there was music. The 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 person I forgot his name, um the original uh uh producer of the of the the tracks. Uh, for for music, he was gone. He left the company. So if you if you go back and watch that, there are theme music 
there's theme music that that's played for wrestlers. You're like that. I don't recognize that. And then it would come out to like music that wasn't even really theirs. So there was all that. Was that CFO? I believe it was CF- CFO. Yeah, because I think after after Jim Johnston in the in the Attitude yes. Era was when CFO came in. Yeah, horrible. Just all, all kinds yeah. of horrible. Um, Lacey Evans. Just her whole oh, her yeah. whole arc of just returns, come back, returns. The fact that she went through this entire uh, 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 the, the promos that they had before she returned, as far as her life story being put on TV, as far as being abused, as far as going through all this horrible real life stuff, and then you you're you're supposed to be you're pushing her as a face, and then she comes back and it doesn't work, so you immediately turn her as a heel. And that didn't work. And then all of a sudden, she's not only healed, but she's getting jobbed. So it, it none of that worked. And and, and they're still doing it now as uh, for her return, return, return. I genuinely think that you are mistaken with the fact that they weren't pushing her as a heel. I think WWE genuinely believed with that original gimmick in, in the beginning of 2022 that they were pushing her as a heel. But she I got over that. naturally as a babyface with the with the company. But that story. And then when she when she de- actually debuted and was pushed as a heel, you're like, "What the fuck is this?" But the, the whole story. But the whole point of her doing the those promos, those vignettes, as far as like what she's been through in her life, that's a that's a face move. You don't do it as a heel. I've gone through all these this turmoil oh, and, and, oh, and atrocities okay, okay, okay. to be to, to, to hate you know everybody. No, the, the, this is a whole like good guy persona thing. And because but their of, intention with all of that was to eventually turn her heel the second she appeared on television, which made absolutely no sense. That's why I'm saying that, it's, yes, it, agree. A hundred percent. One of the one of the, the you know, the the downsides. I saw more honorary mentions. There was Lacey Evans. I have uh, these are still honorary mentions. These are also honorary mentions. I couldn't I couldn't, I couldn't put them in my top three. Coffee at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the return, the returns and debuts, some of them not living up to the hype, such as Hit Row, Gargano, Dexter Loomis. Damage control is my biggest one. They, the the this faction that was put together during SummerSlam that everybody was excited about. You have had them lose several times, even though two of them have belts. And Bailey should have had a belt. She should have won to make this this team, this trio, dominant more dominant than it is. And it's not a good look. So damage control is up there as far as very disappointing for the year. Yes, the reason why the undisputed era got so over. The way it did was because they had all the gold, right? Could you imagine? Like, could you imagine if 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 Bobby Fish and Kyle Riley had the tag team cha- the championships, and Roderick Strong had the North American Championship, but Adam Cole never got the fucking NXT title? It, it would make no sense. It would make no sense. So at least, yeah, at least give Bailey, at least give Bailey the the belt, and then have the other two win the belts at some other point. Those tag team belts, by the way, still mean absolutely nothing because they're they're never defended. And my last my last honorary mention, um. Uh, I'm lying. I have two more honorary mentions. Uh, <laughs> Holy fuck! Man. Shut, shut the fuck up. Uh, too many AEW hires. No, this is this is your time. The, too this many AEW. <laughs> Thank you very much. Too many <laughs> AEW hires, and then no shows, such as you mentioned before, Miro, Andrade, Andrade, uh, and I'm sure we, it's countless others. And then Ring of Honor, just being there as something that nobody really cares about, and the the, the many the, the the list of injuries with Big E breaking his neck, Randy Orton with the spine surgery, Cody Rhodes with his pec. Uh, we we lost a lot of wrestlers due to injuries. That's my honorary mentions. Now my top three, which you've all mentioned in your top three. Number three, Mandy Rose. Who? Wow. 
Yeah, nice. but number three, Mandy Rose, who now, by the way, after the the firing, if you if you read online, in that week made five hundred grand, yeah. five hundred grand, and she she she'll be okay. The problem is to put it into perspective. I believe Drew McIntyre is making like what a quarter of that. Yeah, <laughs> and he's a he's he's a bona fide top and he's top a top guy. He's, like, he's a top guy. He's a top guy. He's a made man in the WWE at this point. He, the whole firing though being very hypocritical because you can literally go on to Instagram and see uh, Nikita Lyons. You can see Santino's uh, daughter, uh, you know, showing mm-hmm. herself in Christmas lingerie. Santina Morella, yeah, yeah, sure, Santina. <laughs> Yes, you can see him in lingerie. His daughter is smoking hot, by the way. I don't know if you've ever Quick seen Quick side note about that. I believe Impact Wrestling filed a trademark claim for Santino Morella. Really? Yes. Interesting. So watch out for Santino Morella popping up in, in Impact, Impact in 2023. Um, very smoking hot daughter. Um, uh, Beautiful. Uh, 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 Lacey Evans. Speaking of Lacey Evans, uh, I'll put her on the honorary of best because, God, some of her, her posts that she puts on. Mwah, chef's kiss. Um, yeah. So the, Selena Vega. The, I mean, it's the, it goes on and on as far as like what y- apparently there's a line that she clearly yeah, and stepped over. You and I both. You and I both have seen that she has definitely crossed that line. She, she's definitely crossed the line. Obviously, she's crossed the line. But yo, I've seen pictures of her of Mandy Rose that even Sable would go, "All right, like <laughs> just tone it down a little bit." <laughs> she she has gone off the deep end, but. I, again, it seems like off her on her fan time page, she's done all, all this money and made all these posts. But again, all these other s- superstars are doing you know pretty provocative things too. So I fi- I just find it a little. But they're hip- not making a living off of it. You're, you're saying that Selena Vega is not making a living off of uh off of her stuff. Off her Twitch, yes. Okay, but that's way different. She's she's not spreading eagle for the camera, bruh. Fair enough. You know what I mean? I, She's not dry humping her fiance in a video. <laughs> in a video. She's not taking videos of her skinny dipping in her. They hot could they, they could have just drop it, had to drop the belt and then just kind of put her off TV for a while. I guess that's my that's yeah. my point. When she dropped the belt, I go, Oh my god, Mandy Rose is gonna get Mandy Rose is gonna appear, appear in the Royal Rumble. Uh, right. Or like a, still an option. It's not off the table. It is not off the table. But if you listen to reports like from Shawn Michaels. He thought it was too. It is off the table. Too up, too abrupt. It was. He, he he did not like the firing. He thought it was too abrupt. Um, I thought he was the one that. No, he's not, not, no. I mean, he's running NXT, but it, it, ultimately, it's it's Big Boy's call. It really is Triple H's call. Uh, by the way, I believe I found. I read who was the one who told Shawn Michaels about Mandy Rose's pictures and fan time account. Okay, Matt Bloom. Why do I know that name? Uh, believe if I'm not mistaken, he used to go by one Lord Tensai. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I think if memory serves me correct, that oh. is his real name, Coach Matt Bloom. Yes. Huh. Now picture him with Asian lettering tattoos along his <laughs> left eye. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> so yeah. You mean also uh, Prince Albert or A Train? <laughs> That's right. Yo, listen, I am so. When was Prince Albert the thing? Like, when was that gimmick going on? He was in WWE from '99 to '04 with that gimmick. So that was, and then that Lord was Tensai, the attitude, early ruthless aggression. Tensai era. was from 12 to 14. 
Yeah, I remember Tensai. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember Prince Albert that much. And yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Because well, Prince, well, Prince Albert. Was I would with, have had to ask questions. Well, Prince, <laughs> well, Prince Albert was a tag team with Test. If you remember Test, rest in peace. I do remember Test. And also with with uh, uh, Trish Stratus, who was before she became before she blew up, was their manager, their valet. So it was yes, called. You're right. TNA. <laughs> that was the group of TNA. Test and Albert. Yeah. But I'm bump bump. There's that yeah, 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 yeah. history. Um, the, the, the whole. The whole Prince Albert thing is so funny looking it's back on it. Hysterical. It is absolutely hysterical. And they, they knew what they, it was the attitude error. Of course they did that on, yeah. on purpose. It's like naming a football team the Cleve the Cleveland Steamers or something. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Uh my number two is the all out brawl out. And okay. the 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 all out brawl out fallout. And with CM Punk and the elite. Hashtag. Hashtag all that. Uh, and the elites and the, the by the way the reports the the investigation just came to an end they just concluded the investigation as as of this past weekend and you know a, a, with firings from obviously a steel uh the whole thing with the uh <laughs> the part part of the uh of the situation was the, the with the dog <laughs> being injured not apparently according to Dave Meltzer um in, in the Wrestling Observer, that was not true. Larry although, was not injured. Although he was being held by Kenny Omega, which is ironic that your your enemy was holding your dog to protect your dog from, from yourself, basically. Um, and then you bit the guy who was protecting you, your dog. You bit the guy who... It, it, <laughs> <laughs> a week later, showed the bike marks Who on his bites? arm. What grown man bites another grown man in a in a in a brawl? I know, I know. It's just absolutely insane. <laughs> the whole thing was insane, and it it, it led to, like I said, the, the firing race deal, um, the the eventual now buyout of this contract, and the allegedly we don't even know that for sure. Well, it's 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 going to happen only because of this investigation coming to to a close. And also because Tony Khan uh, reports came out that Tony Khan basically did a diplomatic the the locker room yay or nay situation, and the majority of everybody basically said no, we don't want to work with him anymore, and so he was immediately out ousted. It was not also a good look. Um, uh, for I don't know how much of a good look that is, to be honest. I don't know how running your locker room as a democracy is going to be. If, if you have it's, as fucked up as it is to say, I don't know. I, I, you know what I mean. See, I, I that, to, that's I something. Distri- that's something that you may picture Vince and Undertaker. You need Tony Khan needs his Undertaker. He needs his, which he had in Chris his Jericho, locker room leader. He had in Chris. Jer- he has in Chris Jericho, and Jericho said the same exact thing that he's a poison in the locker room. So when you have, and he, that's what I'm saying. He Jericho made- is the one who should be going to the to the to the wrestlers, going, "Hey, let's just have it all on the table right now." Does who wants to work with C, who wants to keep CM Punk around? Who will never work with him if he's here? See, I, Raise of hands. Who will not? Raise of hands. Who will? But Bob's your uncle. Then Chris takes that to Tony Khan, or Tony Khan asks Chris to go do that. I don't think that that, that you in a wrestling company you need to have see, that I, one. I, I disagree. Say because if I have if I know that I'm, I'm owning a company and I want to hear the 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 outpour of thoughts from my employees i will make my own decision at the end of the day because it's my money it's my company but i want to know what you think also so if i if i have my top guy as well as other people john moxley and so on and so forth who do not want to work with this guy anymore i want to hear what you have to say i'm not going to put him in 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 situations unless i'm going to be that guy that's like you know what let's let's see if we can milk this and and get ratings because we want to beat wwe let's let's pipe bomb the shit out of this and and just put him in there and have him 
do these matches like with Adam Page, who he obviously detested, have these matches with Elite now that this has all come out uh, you know, in the wash. Put him, put all this stuff out there just to to get a rating. No, at the end of the day, you still want to have a happy locker room, and I would still want to know. I'm, I'm still again, I'm still going to make the decision at the end of the day, but I want to know what you guys think. And you have Jericho, you have Jericho as your Undertaker role. He said the same exact thing, so that's it. That that was that's the end of it. The, that whole thing. It, and, and then, and then my the point, sh- my point being, yes. B- before we move on, was it more of Tony Khan getting all of the wrestlers? Or was it Tony Khan getting like his round table of top guys, let's say a Moxley and stuff like that? Moxley, Jericho. I personally would have Kingston in there because I feel like he's very in touch with the locker room. Right. And you have these top guys that he goes, all right, who like what like his cabinet of sorts. Right. Like what is what is the consensus on this? Because we could go either way with this. Mm. If we can find a way to work with him, we'll work with him. Okay, right. but if nobody wants to work with him in this whole company, then then it's over. Like we'll we'll just pull we'll pull the plug. That's in exactly what happened. If okay, then I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> but that's exactly what happened. That, that's... I thought it was like he got he stood <laughs> he had he stood in the ring. He had everybody on the freaking entrance ramp. No. And he was like, all right, <laughs> was show a of hands no. who wants to work. I thought he was running it like that. I was no. like, what are we doing? No, no, this isn't daycare. No, I know, I know. No, that's exactly what happened. Also, the, the my okay. my last point of this was that was going to be that uh, it was not a good look when they had the the media scrum afterwards, the post media scrum, that when CM Punk was going on and on about everything that was happening backstage that that uh uh tony khan did not stand up for uh the elite that didn't say word one about anything so that was not a good look public publicly behind the scenes you could have you know defended him to the tilt but we wouldn't know that so that was that was also a bad look so that you know you're, you're i think that also lends itself to being able to listen to the people in the locker room and say listen you know i'm sorry guys what do you want since now who's back on tv and who's not the elite are back on tv cm punk is not so this it, it has dominantly to be kind of, featured on TV too. Really, so in a in a seven match series against the trio's champions, so it, it's kind of more of like you know I'm sorry here here's here's my olive branch I'm going to try to mend this fence with you. The whole thing the uh, the whole thing is the problem of it's, it stems from again one of my favorite wrestlers ever, but call a spade a spade. He 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 royally in the year that he had in AEW made it must watch to i absolutely hate you and you you've yeah. you've ruined what i love and i can't have that and it, regardless of who you are i don't care and even in i'm getting really deep here but no matter what you are in in my eyes if you screw things up i i can't have that in my and this is what i love i love wrestling we're doing a wrestling podcast and if you're going to fuck it up so much that we can't talk about mjf winning the you know the the ladder match to be eventually become champion because of your screw up that's not a good look so that's where we're at now Number one, Vince McMahon, and the the whole just Vince McMahon in general. In general, the for, and and the the idea of you've gone forty some odd years with running this this business and having this company that you've you've built publicly traded company publicly traded company that you've built this company to be a worldwide dominant company and the face of wrestling. WWE is the face of wrestling. No matter what other companies are out there, it will always be WWE. And even under his regime, as bad as it was in the last several years, he was still the man that that put it all together. Even as big a mark as you can be, you go to a layman and you say that you're a pro wrestling fan and they go, what the first thing they always say is, oh, like like WWE. I used to watch back, you know, Hulk Hogan. Right, right. 
It's always the name in pro wrestling. Yeah, it, it really is. It's always the name in pro wrestling. Until it came out in the, in, in the wash, uh, Wall Street Journal reported that he paid more than $12 million to four different women over the past 16 years to suppress allegations of sexual misconduct and infidelity. That Some would say balling. I'm kidding. <laughs> Some might say all would say he's still an asshole. Um, And so coming, having this all come out and for you to, and everybody's like, oh God, this this product sucks. This product is awful. He should retire. He would, he would have died. As I said online, he would have died in the gorilla position if it was his choice. And for him to retire in such a disgraceful way is one of the biggest wrestling stories ever, ever. Because he is the biggest name in wrestling ever. So for him to be ousted this way is such a black mark on his name that it will never be recovered. No. And, and the, and these, these women who've, you know, are, are finally speaking out against him. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate for them. Obviously they're, they're, these women who have gone through this this sexual misconduct and, and and you know having been silenced by McMahon, nobody's really talking about them because you know it's it's not the bigger name, but it's it should be the name the names that should be kind of highlighted the most, but it's not because it's Vince McMahon, and so because McMahon is such a big name and because he went through all this and he got finally revealed that he did all this this nefarious these nefarious things. He was ousted and stepped down in disgrace. And for him to <laughs> – the cherry on top of all of it was for him to come out on SmackDown, grab the mic with his strut and say, you know, then, now, forever, together, and then walk out. Like we just – we Most we, importantly, together. Yeah, yeah, together, yeah. <laughs> to have that and then to have Steph, Stephanie McMahon, of all things, lead a, a Vince McMahon uh, thank you Vince chant, I, I would have – honestly, I would have been like, fuck you, Vince. Like you, you not not only have you done all this bullshit with, behind the scenes, but you've ruined my product too. <laughs> you've ruined what I love. Like CM Punk, you've ruined this product. The last couple of years, wrestling has sucked. I'm sorry, wrestling has sucked, and everybody knows it. It's not like it's it's a secret. It has WWE sucked. has sucked. WWE has sucked. It's not a secret. So I have, I'm saying twofold. Fuck you to Vince because of everything that he's done behind the scenes and what you've put on on TV as a product has been absolute bullshit. So that is my number one worst of 2022. And again, probably the biggest you know, the biggest wrestling story of all time. You know what sucks about like if he if it came out that that all of this was untrue, and not not all of it, but let's say like the he he, he came out innocent in all of this, right? Uh. The fact of the matter is that nowadays that black cloud is still hanging over him. <clears throat> Have you ever heard the phrase "his name is mud"? Sure. Or like dragging your name through dragging the mud. Through the mud, sure. You know where that originated? From where? And I will explain after I after I say it. Uh, Doctor Samuel Mudd was uh, convicted of being a uh, uh, conspirator mm-hmm. in the Lincoln assassination. Eventually, he was relieved of the like he he was found innocent of all of it, but that name still that name still rung true because of how much his name was in the papers as being part of the Lincoln assassination. I didn't know. It. Yeah. So, uh, asterisk to it. Right. I did just rewatch National Treasure two the other day, so that's why that's on the tip of my head. <laughs> we'll see. The more okay. you know, the more you know. But uh, that's it. Would have been the exact same thing with Vince McMahon. Like right. he would have been if if all this came out to be just you know hearsay and all that. Right. The fact of the matter is that that black cloud would still be hanging over him. 
And, and that's just the most, he succumbed, his career succumbed in the worst way possible to one of his very predominant teachings in pro wrestling. Mm. Everybody remembers the finish. That's right. <laughs> and unfortunately, the finish of his career is not the best. Not, not the worst. <laughs> the absolute worst. Moving on. Mm. So now let's. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. What is what? Murder? <laughs> he could have killed somebody? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Who had the worst end of their career? Vince McMahon, Chris Benoit. <laughs> well, I, I think mean, we know the answer. Well, one is one led to death. <laughs> His his own death, yeah, and one led to his... one led to death, and unfortunately, his name will always be Mud because we can't convict him otherwise. This, now, this is true because he's dead. I <laughs> um... don't know if he's innocent. Who knows? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we know. Uh, um, to the best, allegedly, allegedly <laughs> murdering his entire family. Yes, allegedly. Uh... So now, what a segue to the best of 2022. When you go, you go. You. I'll go. Okay. I'll go. All right. Uh, so for my for my honorable mention, sure. I have uh, this one has a little asterisk next to, next to it that says injuries non withholding. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being the Forbidden Door pay per view. Okay. I really enjoyed that, regardless of if we didn't exactly get what we were supposed to get. Right. I like that it was the first of its kind. I hope it is a a staple going forward throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, let's be honest though, WWE has now done their own Forbidden Door type thing, and you know, it just so happens that the never open weight champion in, in New Japan is you know part of the original club and also the Bullet Club at the same time. Yeah, somehow, who, somehow. figured. Uh, another honorable mention for this year. Uh, this one is a personal favorite of mine just because of what happened in the weeks after that mm-hmm. was Jeff Hardy's debut in AEW. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just to see him him face Darby Allen after that. Him, the pop from the mu- from his music hitting, they got his original music for the Hardy Boys and all that. Mm-hmm. It was a uh it it was it was a good it was a good time. Yeah. Uh those are my honorable mentions, and it's just because I have one that's kind of a one one a type of situation. Okay. Uh. So one of the, I guess, the third best thing of this year for me was the MJF and AEW slash Tony Khan feud over the summer between Double or Nothing and All Out. Right. I think that period of MJF's career is the basis of what could bring about a new form of kayfabe hmm. in, in regards to social media, because that was something that everybody was like with social media, kayfabe's dead completely right. because now you have a look behind the curtain into these people's real lives. But if you take that look behind the curtain and mix it in with storyline a little bit for this, specific product it'll work out in its favor as it did with mjf and that entire thing over the summer my two and two a they go somewhat hand in hand uh my the second favorite thing that happened this year for me was the bray wyatt return the entire thing that encompassed the bray wyatt return Hmm. the white rabbit the rumor mill, the leaking of information, the QR codes, 
all of that was absolutely incredible. Yes. With all that being said, my little tiny underling for two is Triple H's takeover of creative. Hmm. The Bray Wyatt thing is obviously a direct correlation with the takeover of creative and all that. But the way Triple H legitimately took the ball and ran with it was something that I don't think anybody else could have done. Mm. He made the product, he flipped the product on its head and he made WWE must so fucked up to say, but he made it must see TV again He did for marks. Like it's not attitude era level where you have the layman coming off and, and, and watching, you know, Monday night raw because it's, you know, the hot new thing. But for people who are real wrestling fans, he made a difference in his product. Mm -hmm. And that is obviously directly correlated with Bray Wyatt's return. Truth. My favorite thing, the best thing that happened in 2022, the year of our Lord, 2022. Sure. Was the return of Cody Rhodes to the WWE. I loved everything about it. I love that nobody really knew, but people also exactly knew it, it had the same feel of CM Punk's debut in AEW. Right. Now he didn't sell out the whole fucking place based off a rumor, but he did have everybody thinking that it, like WWE was like the real people are going to figure it out. They're going to have this. You're going to put in little Easter eggs here and there to, to point different directions, maybe one in that direction. And then he came out with his AEW music. He came out with his original gimmick in the WWE, and he put forth this quest to gain something that his father never could. And even though he can't, I love the way he put it. He can't bestow it upon the American dream, but he can put it around the American nightmare. And I thought that was wonderful. It was yep. marked by injury, but I think it's just going to be, I don't want to say the injury was good for Cody Rhodes going forward, but I think it's not going to hurt him. It, I mean, it physically did, but it, it'll, it'll make him well, well, yeah. way over than he probably ever, ever could. And I'll, Get into Cody on my list too, but yeah, I, I completely agree. Is that your number one? That was my number one. There That's it. All right, really quickly. Oh, all my honorary mentions. Um, I, I I get my first honorary mention to Roman Reigns because time. Yeah, dude, take take a break. Uh, Ro Roman Reigns, who's been absolutely tremendous, of course. Uh, Sheamus and Gunther at uh, Clash of the Castle, absolutely tremendous, insanely good match. Uh, the SummerSlam main event. Uh, with with Reigns and Lesnar and that whole insanity with the ring, uh, the return of the fired superstars, uh, Bray Wyatt's return with the White Rabbit and all those promos, as you mentioned, um, and then in AEW, uh, the rise of the acclaim, the rise of Ricky Starks, MJF leaving the company, and that whole as, as you mentioned with the the kayfabe and and coming back. Uh, when these are all part of your honorary mentions, yes, uh, and Jamie Hader, fuck me, Jamie Hader. With uh, her her rise, I mean, fuck me too, but no, geez, no, I'm kidding. Uh, that's it. Those are my honorary mentions. Third, for me, uh, was all of WrestleMania 38, uh, and then specifically 
Cody Rhodes and why I think that worked was not only because it was his return that nobody thought he would ever come back to, to WWE and there are people that online were like there's no way in hell he'll be with AEW forever well no um I was one of those people on this show. And by the way, this was past. this was this was under McMahon's regime that he he came back. And not only did he come back, he came back with his music. And I think that's why it worked was because it wasn't just Cody Rhodes, he came back with his music. Like that that theme music is him and it it made him in AEW, it partly made him AEW. And that return for uh, during especially during Mania. I mean, you could have it had it happen during some random Monday Night Raw, but it didn't happen. It happened at the Clash show of the shows. <laughs> the show of shows. It happened at it happened at Mania, so that was absolutely insane. Uh, the whole thing with Sami Zayn and uh, the Jackass crew and him him single handedly putting every single one of them over. He had Wee Man body slam him. He was able to brace himself on Wee Man's leg and flip himself over to show him body getting body slammed. He got slapped by a huge hand. There was a a miscalculation with the the mouse trap, and that still went over. The whole match was 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 incredible. Just it's it, silly wrestling done well works, and that was done well and it worked. And by the way, I'll, I'll get to him later later on with something else. And then Stone Cold. I just want to really quick. I want to put a little tiny asterisk. You are pausing my fucking list. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to because I completely forgot about it. Uh, Sammy Zayn and the Sammy Zayn in the bloodline. Also part of my best. Go on. <laughs> You're screwing up my list. And, and, and so, I will forget. That's why I can't forget. Stone Cold. I, my, my memory is switch cheese. I will forget. This is the return of Stone Cold and against Kevin Owens, which nobody thought was a thing. Which I love the way that was set up. I, you know what? For all the bullshit that I, I. I take away from McMahon. Sometimes he had a nugget and that was it. And so setting that up as a throwaway KO show turning into an actual match was brilliant. I thought that was great. And the match itself was tremendous. I thought that Kevin Owens put him over so well because obviously he's lost a step, but the whole thing was just was incredible. Just that that the whole weekend was, was really good uh, kind of sandwiched by those two matches, the Zane and then the, the Stone Cold match. Uh, my number two is the bloodline, and that would be it would be my number one because it's the best storyline of of anything in wrestling. But my number one, uh, as as you'll hear, will supersede it. But the bloodline, just again with with everything that Roman Reigns and uh, uh, the Usos, and then the 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 bring up of Solo Sokoa, probably the best call up in recent memory, just because of how impactful he's been immediately. Like he just immediately got into the Clash of the Castle, got involved in that that main event, and it's been just the the silent killer ever since for the Bloodline. And then the, and then the involvement of Sami Zayn just put it over the top. Like it's just the the awesome cherry on top of everything that the Bloodline has been. And when the inevitable happens, when they turn on him, which will be heartbreak for everybody, which will happen, and it'll be great for wrestling. Right now, leading up to that point, it's been. Absolutely insane. And being there live for Survivor Series War Games and watching him be the one to win it for them and that whole storyline that they built up with Kevin Owens and the, the kick you know, to his nuts and 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 him setting up for, for Jay to do the fog splash and them, them uniting, I thought that was – that's like the, the best storytelling of wrestling you could possibly have. And so Bloodline is my number two. And then my number one, which I think this might be the first time I've ever done this, my number one is Vince McMahon. <laughs> that was a turn. Yeah, right. <laughs> that popped me good. That popped me good. <laughs> My number one is Vince McMahon, and his 
drop from from grace and how it led to better products for WWE and wrestling as a whole. It's it, it's it's amazing how things when 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 things that are bad leave and how new things come up just because you needed some sort of rejuvenation in the product. His leaving led to Triple H taking over and not to, not not saying that it's been perfect because it hasn't been as I mentioned in in, in the 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 uh, the worst parts as far as you know returns and not living up to blah blah blah. There have been really good points and Raw and SmackDown are watchable again and the product is really good. The pay per views were always good. I, I will give him credit for that, but the pay per views have gotten better and the product is better. So Triple H in twenty twenty three obviously has a ways to go. Because he's just taking this thing over, but starting from his first pay-per-view with SummerSlam, which was really good uh, for the most part, up until now, WWE has been really good, and it's because of Vince's leaving. So that's why I put it at number one. Interesting. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to uh, throw down the challenge flag on this one. Sure. Uh, I, mean, I don't understand how you could have Vince McMahon as the worst thing, and his, I just, I just, thing. I just explain why. Are you listening I, to the same show? I heard your explanation. Are you listening? I to heard the same your show? explanation. It's the worst thing because still, it affects wrestling. I still want the, I still want the ump to put on the cans and and you know have New York review this a little bit. Here again, and- <laughs> again, my worst is because Vince is an asshole and he did all these horrible things and affected the company and and the business as a whole. The best is because best he left the company because because he left the company. Triple H was able to take over and make it the product that much better. So wouldn't it be Triple H? But he, he couldn't have done it without Vince leaving. Right. One leads to the other. Everything is hand in hand. There's all there's all this these is, things. This is your this is your bit. This, this is your gimmick. This is my. Yes. I'll allow it though. Oh, oh I appreciate it. Thank you. Because either way, it's still going to be in the show. <laughs> yes, he is. The, uh, he is the best and worst of my 2022. I do. It's want all cause. To... It's all cause and hold on. It's all cause and effect. It's all because he leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things are better. It. That's that's it. Go on. Yeah, 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 yeah. You no, you did. Uh, you did. Obviously, I was making the joke, but you did actually put it very well. That the worst thing was Vince McMahon outside of WWE. Right. The best thing was Vince McMahon inside WWE, and because of what happened outside WWE, he had to leave, and that's why it was the best thing. Best thing inside WWE. <laughs> I, I, I followed it. Okay, thank you. All right. So um, pick up that challenge flag, asshole. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's timeout for me. <laughs> like, that's it. It's over. Okay. I lost the timeout. You know, there you go. I'll, there you I'll go. get it back at the end. I'll get <laughs> it back in the second half, there although we, we're already in the second half. We're, we're almost done. We're almost done. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I did. I want to point out, first things first, I do want to shout out the bloodline because I did leave that off my list by accident. Mm. I did totally forget about that. And then when I looked on my list, I go, I should have had the bloodline on here, but you are absolutely correct. I, the, the entire bloodline gimmick of the whole year, the way it has gone on this roller coaster, mm. including solo Sokoa, having this doubt in Sami Zayn and then building him off to where he's, you know, practically made man at this point that as far as storylines is concerned is the best of 2022 like you can't there is no better storyline than that the only thing that would trump it was my number one would have been cody Rhodes. <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> right. but the the bloodline shout out the bloodline and uh i just want to pat myself on the back a little bit because <laughs> sure. i looked at my list and i go i did a lot more than i have in years past this is fucking awesome i'm Good gonna be great wait wait to actually go, work 
this is i have uh, strap in your seatbelts. i have 12 honorary <laughs> mentions and then the top three i did and i go mother i mean these are things I that happened good this year. <laughs> you did you did normally you don't do anything and then now this year you actually put work into it so you know what congratulations thank you for actually putting in work into the show that that we built together you know what it's <laughs> yeah. i don't feel i have to carry the entire load good for you oh <laughs> don't make me feel bad wah, wah. <laughs> with that if there's anything that we left off i don't know how it's possible but if there's anything that we left off please let us know on twitter it's on the slam show sir is there anything else before we wrap up our last show of zidia no that's I it i think that's it i think uh as the year ends we look into 2023 with hope with a glimmer of hope that things will be changed for the better that AEW and Dynamite will still be a very good product and even make itself better that Triple H will make its products that much better and that we never see Vince McMahon again even though there is rumors of his return somehow some way I don't see how that's even feasibly possible but who knows in wrestling in wrestling anything's possible I say wrestling wrestling <laughs> I got very I got very Mike Tyson there for a second wrath <laughs> and wrathling <laughs> I've never said that before in my life I wish all of you the I've lost Joe I'm gonna try and stay stay straight face there I wish all of you a very I hope you, I hope you had a very great Christmas and I hope that 2023 for all of you in Rathling, uh, that all the fans and even more fans come aboard. Thank you so very much for making Sons of Slam just amazing this year. And if there's anything that I can get out of my co-host, Mr. Black, while he's cracking up. <laughs> uh, uh, You're the worst. God bless us, everyone. You're the worst. <laughs> Thank you guys so very much. 2022 is out. We will see you guys in 2023. My name is Chris Mindell. That is the Reaper, Mr. Joe Black. I'm crying right now. This is hilarious. You're an asshole. The Sons of Slam podcast.